Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is episode 107 of the Canadians Connection podcast. I'm pleased to be joined in studio, as always, uh, by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the president, the founder of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today? Good afternoon, sir. I'm doing well. Um, happy to be here. Happy to be talking hockey. And while the NHL doesn't have hockey yet, and uh, we're, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later, um, it's kind of exciting because there's hockey elsewhere, and there's hockey for yeah. Habs prospects. Um, and uh, not only prospects, but players who, uh, who you'll recognize their names pretty easily. Um, right now, underway, uh, yes, Barry Kotkaniemi is... Uh, Involved in in a game, of course, we told you a couple of weeks ago that he's uh, been loaned to Pori and uh, the Pori Aces, Asad, um, and uh, had a big hit uh, that I saw is, is going around social media earlier in the game. Looked pretty good. Picking up where he left off. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, <laughs> although uh, his team is down two nothing to to Luco. Last I checked, yeah. uh, and Luco has. Um, Oh, uh, Vili Hanola, uh, fr- okay. uh, uh, yeah. we, we remember him, um, the prospect for prospect defenseman for the Jets. Also, Dan Audette. Uh, f- oh, wow. Formal, yeah, uh, formerly with the uh, Ice Caps and Rocket. Dan Audette's playing for Luko. So uh, lots of familiar faces. Um, I noticed that Kakinemi was wearing number 93, which uh, I don't know if that was his choice or a team yeah. choice, um, which is... It's one of the few remaining, I, Maybe. I don't I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, this morning, uh, Jakob Olsson uh, played, and, and uh, um, Jesse Alonen is going to uh, be involved in a game this afternoon. I, I'm looking at my, my list, uh, U.S. Uh, colleges are, are uh, involved in their preseason. We've got uh, prospect Rhett Pitlick, Sean Farrell just picked up in the uh, recent draft, uh, Jakob Dobas, uh, Kieran Roshinsky, um, Gianni Fairbrother playing also today. So um, there's lots of hockey action uh, for the Montreal Canadiens prospects. Yeah, and I mean, if you're if you're like me and you've been wondering what to do while there is no NHL to watch, I mean, you can certainly follow along with these young guys, uh, some of which, as you mentioned, Jesperi Kotkaniemi uh, playing with Pori. I mean, that's that's one that you that you know and you've seen play for the Montreal Canadiens and play quite well for the Montreal Canadiens going back to the playoffs. And, yeah, I certainly hope that uh, he's able to keep that form. 
And it sounds like he is. Uh, so, Rick, we have uh, quite a bit to get to. Uh, not mm. quite as much as last week where Mark Bergevin, uh, quite rightly taking a vacation after last week because he gave us way too much, perhaps, to talk about last week with all the contracts he signed. But we have just a, we have a, a jam-packed show here today to get to. We heard from Claude Julian this week, which is, which is great. Uh, great to hear from the head coach. And we're going to be getting to some audio, some clips that we have from his press conference that he had. Uh, we have uh, we have the NHL. Uh, we have an update on their target date for the start of their season. And in segment two, we're going to get to an interesting topic of discussion about what the Canadians lineup might look like at the start of the 2020-2021 season, whenever that is. Uh, we have obviously in the past few weeks, the additions of Tyler Toffoli and Josh Anderson have made this a very interesting conversation. And we're looking forward uh, to discussing that in the next segment. But Rick, now, before you, we go you anywhere. You get to play coach, which you, you like. Yeah, right? you get I to, like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a GM guy, acquiring yeah. guys. You, you like the placing of the players. And, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Looking for the chemistry. Play the armchair coach every now and then is, is, is a fun activity. But uh, we're going to be getting to that in segment number two. Since you already mentioned the young guys that the Montreal Canadiens have loaned or have uh, drafted who are playing in, in the U.S. with their play underway, uh, it only feels right that we start this show uh, with the news that the Canadiens signed their 2020 first-round pick, Caden Gooley, to a three-year entry-level contract. Uh, so, Rick, the Montreal Canadiens making short work, getting their... 2020 first round pick in the fold. Yep, and as uh, as as many teams are doing, uh, uh, the Canadians stepped up and and uh, got the entry level contract signed uh, with Caden Gooley. Uh, and uh, Caden Gooley just looks like uh, in his in his video um, where you're signing. It just looks like a hockey player. He's uh, you know uh, lots of positive comments coming in. Um, but he, I, I think one of the, the unknown character, uh, parts of, of his game is his character. And that really came out in, in, uh, the video. And we, we know that that's something that's, uh, high on, uh, Trevor Timmons, uh, list of priorities. And, and it really came through in the videos that have been, uh, distributed. Yeah. And I mean, as you said, it's something that other teams around the league are doing. It's common practice after, you know, your first round pick, you want to get them, uh, in the fold and in Caden Gooley, as you said, I mean, being the six foot two defenseman that he is pretty smooth skater, you want to get that uh, sorted out pretty quickly. But Rick, there was also an interesting signing in the NHL that included a former Montreal Canadian, Nikita Nesterov, who has signed with the Calgary Flames, a one year deal, uh, 700K. Uh, so the Calgary Flames going and getting a guy in Nikita, Nikita Nesterov, who uh, recently played with the Montreal Canadiens just a few years ago. 2016-17, yeah, 13 yeah. games for the Canadiens, a couple games in the playoffs. And since then, um, he's been uh, playing uh, in um, for the, 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 the Central Red Army team, the Moscow team in the KHL. Um, and, uh, and, and being one of their, uh, go-to defensemen now, um, where do we know that name? Well, uh, it's because Nikita Nesterov was also, um, teammates with Alexander Romanov. And, uh, and so, uh, those two players will be once the season is underway. And if we have a Canadian, uh, division, uh, those two players might be going head to head, um, sometime soon. Yeah, the Canadian division makes this all very interesting. And as you mentioned, a couple of former teammates uh, might get to see each other a little bit more regularly than they would have otherwise. 
Uh, so, Rick, as we said, um, Claude Julian spoke this week, and um, obviously following the events that happened in the Toronto bubble, it's great to hear from the head coach, Claude Julian, hear him talk about the upcoming season and hear him talk about hockey. Um, and, Rick, he touched on the roster changes that we have seen to this point for the Montreal Canadiens. You might expect some more to come, given the fact that Canadians do need to gain regain cap compliancy heading into the next season. But... Uh, touched on what he has seen so far uh, by his G- GM, Mark Bergevin. Well, like everybody else, it's pretty exciting. I think, uh, John, I really feel we've got a real good competitive team right now. Uh, and uh, a lot of these uh, different things that we had looked at to improve our team has been taken care of, uh, as we all know. And I think that's pretty clear that uh, if and when we do uh, go back to work. Uh, there's going to be a lot of games crammed up. So the fact of having uh, Jake Allen as a as our goaltender with Carey Price gives us a real one-two punch that will allow us to win some games and be competitive. Uh, I like the fact that our D has gotten bigger, stronger, but also uh, there's uh, still a good versatility there. There's some good puck movement from our our group there. So that should definitely help our transition game. And then up front, what can you say? I mean, we we got bigger or uh, we also got some scoring punch. Uh, When you look at both, uh, you hope that uh, Josh Anderson and uh, Tyler Toffoli come in and then continue to, to, to score the way we've seen them score in the past. So all that will increase uh, our production as well. So I really like uh, everything Mark has done. He's given us an opportunity to be real competitive. And uh, I think as, as a coach and as a coaching staff, uh, talking to our guys there, we're really excited to come back to, to work and, and work with this group. Well, he sounds pretty excited, and yeah. uh, the, the 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 entire Zoom call went on uh, for about an hour, um, and uh, he seemed pretty upbeat throughout. Uh, but particularly when he was talking about his roster, and and yes, um, we've we've uh, we've gone through and and synthesized the the uh, the, the press conference, uh, bringing you uh, what we think were the the most significant clips uh, throughout. Uh, we'll listen to it, so so you don't have to listen to the whole thing. But this one in particular showed the uh, enthusiasm of uh, Claude Julien, and and he says the entire coaching staff about the additions, adding uh, Jake Allen. He called it a one-two punch in goal, um, making sure that the the defense was bigger. Uh, but at the same time, he s- says they're uh, versatile and still puck movers and still going to contribute to the transition game. And then uh, on the uh, forward side, uh, you got bigger, but you you also have uh, uh, some scoring. So uh, he seems pretty thrilled uh, and anxious to get going uh, with the new additions that Mark Bergevin made in the offseason. And understandably, I mean, he has got a lot more options at his disposal uh, than he has in previous years and perhaps a roster that is constructed a little bit better Um you had a bit of a log jam at the center ice position before. That's been cleared up, and now you have some guys in the fold and Josh Anderson and Tyler Toffoli who, as he said, are bigger and provide a little bit of a scoring punch that the Canadians lacked. So lots of reason to be excited for Claude Julien. Uh, and touching on that, Max Domi. Uh, we remember back to a couple of weeks ago uh, when we heard from Max Domi following the trade where we played the audio on this show, uh, and as I said at the time, I think if you listen to that clip 10 times, you could pick out a different veiled criticism 
as as, yeah. as Max Domi was making his way out the door. And one of the targets in that, um, didn't say it explicitly, but we know that there has been a little bit, there was some friction between Max Domi and, and Claude Julien. Uh, and Max Domi said he was excited to play for John Tortorella. Um, we heard from the other party involved in that, uh, Claude Julien this week, and, and he discussed why exactly Max Domi became expendable. Well, I don't know if it got off the rails necessarily. You know, Josh, things happen. And, uh, you know, again, uh, you talk about uh, Suzuki, Kotka, and Yemi, two young centers that the organization is really wants them to succeed. And uh, when uh, uh, we started training camp, uh, obviously Max wasn't there for the first week. So we put our group together and we started and all of a sudden, you know, we see both those guys and especially Katka and Yemi really doing well. So for us, the first thing we thought of was like, hey, we got an opportunity to have four good lines here. And so the goal was, and then those four lines or that depth that we thought we had really helped us get through the uh, first round against Pittsburgh, gave us a chance, you know, for the most part, you know, until we had a few injuries again uh, against Philadelphia to really compete against them. So we, we created, uh, you know, four lines. And I know for a fact that, uh, you know, Max really enjoyed playing with Dale Weiss. He kept saying, oh, I like Dale. And uh, so we tried to create a line with him. And then another experienced player at the beginning uh, was uh, was Jordan Wheel. And so we, we tried to create four lines. And at the same time, with Kakanyemi really doing well, it was important for us to, to surround him with some good veterans, players, strong wingers that would help him out. So, you know, we had to put that puzzle together and uh, and just went with that. So it's not so much that it didn't work out. Sometimes this is what hockey is all about. You know, you end up with a situation where now you, you uh, Max became, I guess, a little bit expendable because we had those uh, those guys do so well. And uh, at the same time, we were able to get a big player that we really needed on the wing in uh, Josh Anderson in exchange for him. So Max was such a good player, we were able to get a good player in return. So that's just hockey. That's a that's more of a hockey move, not not nothing to do with the personal or, or anything else more than uh, trying to improve our team. A bit of a longer clip, but I wanted to play the, the whole thing because, as you said, we we presented one side a couple of weeks ago with uh, a number of, of clips from um, – Max Domi and and he, as you said, there was there was many um, uh, veiled criticisms of of yeah. uh, the coach, um, <laughs> but uh, you know perhaps I had been giving given um, uh, Claude Julian far too much credit because I thought that this was a bit of a plan to. Uh, to to feature, given that the playoffs, you know, Montreal wasn't expected to go far. They they shouldn't have been in uh, the return to play in the first place. But I I thought it was um, a a plan, a, a conscious plan to give um, Kakinyemi and Suzuki a lot of, of playoff experience and and minutes and and important roles. Um, but it sounds like, or at least the way he explained it there. It was kind of happenstance, given that that Max Domi wasn't at the uh, the beginning because of yeah. of his uh, cautious approach to uh, the the return to play with with his diabetes. So uh, then then the light bulb went on, uh, seeing uh, Kakinyemi and Suzuki in those roles, and and Julian's and coaching staff said, oh, "Wow, well, let's let's roll with this." Now take take the rest of it with a grain of salt. I mean, 
I don't know how this keeps getting repeated that Max Domi was dying to play with Dale Weiss and Jordan Wheel. Uh, it, it seems silly on the face of it. Yeah. Uh, it seems like a you know uh, an innocent comment was made that's been blown way out of proportion and used to justify sticking him on the the line uh, on the fourth line. Um, but, uh, and, and obviously Max Domi wasn't all that thrilled to be on the fourth line, <laughs> to be playing with Dale Weiss. It, it, it's really kind of amusing at this point. I feel like it was more of a, Hey Max, do you like Dale Weiss? Yeah, I like Dale Weiss. Yeah. Okay. You're going to play with Dale Weiss. <laughs> that, I feel like that's how that went and everything else has been, <laughs> but, uh, regardless, I mean, yeah, it's, I would like to think that given the way that we saw Jesperi Kotkaniemi play, that would have happened regardless, but maybe we're giving the coach too much credit there. Mm. Maybe it wouldn't have happened even if Max Domi had been there from the start. Uh, it, who's to say? But I, I think, yeah, you might be right there. We might be giving him a little bit too much too much credit there. But moving on to one of the more interesting storylines that has surrounded the Montreal Canadiens even during the return to play. Um, it was Alexander Romanov who is a defenseman that did not play for the Montreal Canadiens in the return to play, but he signed his contract, he joined the club, and now we get to see Alexander Romanoff. Whenever this season starts for the Montreal Canadiens, you would expect that he will be in Montreal, given what we've heard about him uh, from the organization. And uh, Claude Julien talked about what you might expect to see for Alexander Romanoff this year. Well, you know, Arpin, it's it's always hard to predict that, you know, like sitting in my chair right now because you you kind of have to see where he's going to be, like in training camp, how he's going to handle those preseason games and then how he's going to do that way. I think that's where you'll have an idea of how much you want to, I mean, help him out or shelter him a little bit or how much you want to let him loose. It could be the other way around because I think everybody's different. And this is where, as a coach, you have to be ready to adapt. Like this guy could come in at training camp and then just kind of wow us all and say, wow, there's no uh, intimidation in his eyes at all. He's just ready to go and he's doing well. And so you you continue to utilize him uh, to to help him get better in a way that's going to help him uh, uh, get some experience and get better as a player, or he may be uh, at one point a little reckless, and you say, "Okay, I got to shelter him a little bit. I got to work with him a little bit closer, and just kind of slow it down here a little bit." And I think that's something that we have to do with every young player that comes in. And uh, as you've seen in the past, some guys just explode, and some guys uh, takes them a little longer. So, uh, you know, if you ask me right now, he looks like a pretty confident individual from what I know him. Of and uh, I anticipate he'll come in uh, with uh, you know a lot of confidence, especially as I mentioned earlier. He spent the last two years playing pro hockey in Russia in the KHL, so it's not like he's not used to playing with the, this kind of caliber. Is there a question mark that Alexander Romanov is going to be in the lineup uh, when the Canadians return to play? No, not <laughs> at all. He's he's going to be there, and yeah, and you know. Um, Claude Julien talked about uh, Romanov having confidence, having played uh, two years professionally in the KHL. Uh, the organization has confidence in Alexander Romanov, and we saw that in the, you mentioned about him signing his contract and being part of that return to play crew. And uh, the, those those roster spots were pretty valuable. Yeah. Uh, and you might have thought that that w- someone else, one of the the other uh, prospects, could have. Uh, benefit a uh, Josh Brook, uh, who yeah. uh, Kale Fle- uh, 
Flurry, whoever it might be, could have benefited from that return to play experience. Uh, but they they gave it to someone who has not yet played a game for them, and that's uh, Alexander Romanoff, and and uh, an indication I think of of um, the confidence they have in him, and uh, and they they really think he's going to be an important part of the club uh, for the next regular season. Yeah, and I mean obviously a, a lot of excitement that surrounds Alexander Romanoff, both internally. From the fans' perspective, uh, he's just somebody that there's a lot of hope that he might be a, a next, the next type of Andre Markov. That's a lot to put on him, but that just seems to be what the expectation is from a portion of the fan base. But obviously, yeah, there's reason for that hype behind a guy like Alexander Romanov, who just looks like he's going to be a very good defenseman. But moving on, um, the one thing that we are going to be getting to, as I mentioned in segment two, is the lineup for the Montreal Canadiens and what that might look like. And Claude Julien sort of touched on the forward line combinations and, and what he thinks that might end up looking like. Well, you know, to be honest with you, and I think you can easily say a top nine, but I'll tell you what, the top 12, the, the top 12 or the, the next three guys would not be very far off the top nine. You know, and the, it's, it's as simple as that. You know, you got a young player in, you know, Jake Evans, uh, who, uh, may end up being the centerman of, of that uh, fourth line, but then afterwards, his, his wingers, whoever that may be, is going to be guys with experience. You know, it's a, and that's a good thing. I mean, uh, uh, you have an opportunity to have those guys. And the, the, when I said to Chantal that is that we may be moving players around, let's say in the top nine, and and you know, Galley on the first or Galley on the third, and the, and uh, whatever uh, Anderson or, or Tafoli on the first or second. I mean. They're all capable of playing on any of those lines. And that's why I said it's going to be hard, honestly, even for us as a coaching staff to say this is line number one, this is line number two, this is line number three. Because I think at the end of the day, it'll be whoever's producing, whoever's playing the best will be your, your best line on that, uh, on that specific night. So this is Claude Julien's dream. This is what he's always wanted. Yep. Yep. He doesn't like labeling the lines. And... Um, so uh, they asked if he'd be able to balance the the lines uh, the the ice time between all twelve players, and he said, "Well, m- m- maybe not. Uh, more of a, a top nine plus three. And again, that goes back to uh, remember Claude Julien mentioning how much he admires the New York Islanders and would yep. like to structure his <laughs> team like the New York Islanders. Uh, they they use uh, essentially a, a, a top nine plus three. There's a, a very defined fourth line um, that, uh, that that plays an important role uh, yep. for the Islanders. But the, the other three lines are kind of interchangeable. Um, you know, it, it, it's whichever line is going that particular night, if it's Barzell's line or Brock Nelson or... Um, and and then the wingers are kind of interchangeable. Uh, they move up and down, and that's exactly the way that uh, Claude Julien uh, described uh, uh, what he sees. And and the interesting part of it is, if you watch the Zoom call, Claude Julien is looking at a piece of paper in front of him. He's got notes. He has a lineup that he's already prepared. And he was asked at one point, "Do you want to show that to us?" And he's like, "Well, no, because it could change by tomorrow." Uh, but uh, he's already thinking about line combinations. He's already uh, planning on on what it might look like. But as he said, 
Uh, it's very fluid. It's going to be the the parts are very interchangeable, uh, and uh, and and that's something that 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 he really likes. And, and quite frankly, I mean, this is a coach, or in my case, an armchair coach's dream to have all of these options. He has got. A tremendous amount of, as currently constituted, and this can change, um, we know that the Canadians need to regain cap compliancy, but there are a lot of options there for the Montreal Canadiens and a lot of combinations that have worked effectively in the past for them. Obviously, you add to Foley and Anderson, you get a little bit more of that big heavy that we know that Claude Julien likes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a lot for Claude Julien to try and, and, and deal with, and I guess it would be exciting Excuse me, I dropped my pen. It'd be exciting <laughs> for him to try to figure all this out. And it's, it's exciting that he's already started that process. I like that he did say, by the way, Jake Evans could be the, the center of that, like that fourth too. line. Yeah. That's a nice maybe tipping that, the hand a little bit there, uh, even though he didn't show the entire sheet. Uh, so, Rick, moving on. The one thing that you have to wonder with the fact the Canadians have made some roster changes, some personnel changes... Will there be tactical changes? Um, and he was asked if there would be would be any changes to the system for the Montreal Canadiens. Well, I don't know uh, if there's really an issue with the system more than there was maybe an issue with the finish. For example, uh, if you want to look at analytics and then and those kind of stats, uh, we created a lot five on five, and uh, at the end of the day, we just couldn't score enough uh, defensively. I think we've solidified our back end where. With size and strength and experience, we're going to be a, a tougher team to score against. So those kind of things will take care of itself without having to change the system. Uh, but at the end of the day, like I said, we were one of the teams that uh, uh, had the most shots on net per per game. We we're one of the top teams there. There's a lot of things offensively that we did well. I think defensively, it was just a matter of, uh, uh, like I said, getting bigger, stronger, and a little bit more... Uh, uh, defined in our in our D zone, so there's going to be some small adjustments, but uh, uh, no more. We're not uh, planning on changing our system. Don't look at me; it's not my fault. It's <laughs> it's basically what he was saying. System's perfect. It was the personnel that was a problem. Um, I, I I'm a, I I have to say now. Granted, what he said is partially true. Uh, Possession-wise, the Canadians were one of the top uh, possession teams. Shots, uh, yeah, they they um, they took a lot of shots. Shot quality, that's a whole different kettle yep. of fish here. And I think that's something that definitely needs to be improved. Transition game, and and yes, there are parts of of uh, the system that that could be improved. This this is where he disappointed me a little bit, because in the off season, I mean. For the Rocket Sports team, we look at how we can improve, how we can make things better. Last offseason, we completely revamped, even though it was pretty successful. uh, We had lots of listeners, a pretty successful podcast uh, delivery system. We we revamped it and and changed it completely. And and uh, the result is that our listenership has exploded and... Uh, you're getting a, a high quality professional sound. You're you're getting more uh, ways of of finding us. Um, there's always ways to improve, and I would have liked Claude Julian to say um, we're, we're evaluating the system. Even th- I'm not saying to completely throw it out, but evaluate it. He's talking about in game adjustments. That's not that's not what you do in the off season. You're looking at how you can make changes to your system. Uh, to take better advantage of the personnel that you have and and uh, and be more effective. Uh, listen, um, 
let's let's be reminded that this is a club that finished 24th in the National Hockey League on pace for an 80 point 81 point season. More than some tiny tweaks need to be, and and personnel was an issue. And Mark Bergevin yep. has has uh, addressed that. Now I I would have rather seen uh, Claude Julien have a little bit more self. Uh, a little bit more introspection and yeah. and uh, and be a little bit more self-critical. And and you'd hope that there will be guys who can that you've added, whether it be Tyler Toffoli or Josh Anderson, that can do a better job of creating opportunities, more high-quality opportunities than you saw last year. But to put all of that on them is a little bit much. You're going to have to make adjustments. And he did say that they're going to make at the end of that clip. He touched on, yeah, we'll make a couple tweaks here and there, but. You're going to want to see a little bit more than that. And we saw that Nick Suzuki and Yasperi Kotkaniemi were able to create some offensive opportunities in the bubble. Um, whether that can you can extrapolate and say that that's something that over an 82-game season or whatever it is that we get in 2020-2021, that, that's a little bit much to, to put that on them as well. So you're going to need to make some changes here. And hopefully Claude Julien uh, is just trying to keep the cards close to the vest and he will make uh, some more changes. But one of the things that you could say about Claude Julian and one of the things that we've talked about on this show about when we've discussed Claude Julian is that the communication not ideal and uh, he touched on the communication and whether or not that's a problem and he doesn't seem to think that it is saying that he doesn't see a communication problem uh, so Rick uh, that may be another disappointing element of, of this conference uh, yeah he's flat He's just dead wrong, uh, and this this was something he said in the press conference in in French. In French, so we'll translate. I don't see a communication problem, is what he said. Um, Claude Julian has a communication problem. Claude Julian has had a communication problem uh, that was spoken about quite openly in Boston, and and one of the reasons why he was turfed, and and one of the reasons why they've been successful since Bruce Cassidy was brought in, because he's a much better communicator than Julian. Now, the 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 Julian uh, apologists will say, "Oh, listen, it's all sour grapes from people from players who have left the organization." Uh, Pacioretty or, or Galchenyuk or Domi that, that we talked about earlier. But it goes well beyond that. Um, you know, Carl uh, Alsner, uh, who who didn't have anything uh, bad to say about anybody, uh, Kale Fleury talked about it, Victor yep. Meta has talked about it. Uh, so many of the players, even players who are still with the organization, have talked about the lack of communication from the head coach. Um, and it's why Kirk Muller is is indispensable on that coaching staff, um, you know, just as Jura Gallant was to to Michelle Terrian. Michelle Terrian. Yep. Um, uh, the, Kirk Muller is the the intermediary, the go between between the players because Claude Julian has uh, uh, such a, a poor. Uh, level of communicate and it goes back to Guy Carbono was a terrible communicator with with the, the players um I, I don't know why it's something that, that the Montreal Canadiens organization can't make as a priority for their head coaches yeah and I mean the thing it, it is it is commonplace where I mean obviously as the head coach you're the lead guy and the players might feel particularly the younger players might feel that they can't speak directly to the coach but the assistant coach in, in basketball and hockey uses a bit more of a confidant, a bit more of a guy that they go to every day to discuss these things that they might not discuss with the head coach. 
But that doesn't mean that the job of the head coach doesn't require you to be able to be an effective communicator. Mm -hmm. And with young guys, there is a track record. And, you know, Kale Flurry being sent down and not getting instructions from either his coach or his GM is a red flag. That is something that should be indicated clearly. The reason why you are being sent down is to work on this, this, and this. And if they don't do that, then that is their shortcoming. That is their failure as somebody that needs to teach this guy how to play at the NHL level. And whether or not he needed to be taught might be another conversation. But regardless, that is their that is their responsibility. So um, unfortunately, yeah, a little bit disappointing to see uh, Claude Julien say that. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, though, uh, a lot to uh, yeah, a lot to a lot to see. Exciting, exciting. And it's great to see, as obvi- obviously with the health concern back when you go to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Great to see that he's talking about the future and being involved with the Montreal Canadiens going forward. Um, so, Rick. Uh, the one thing that was pretty interesting was uh, heading into the NHL draft, and, and we always talk about the Montreal Canadiens prospect system uh, here on this podcast and the press zone as well, you and Amy Johnson with the AHL Report. Um, and we discussed Corey Pronman's ranking of the Montreal Canadiens and, and the entire NHL um, before the draft, before the 2020 NHL entry draft, the Montreal Canadiens ranked ninth. In Corey Promman of the Athletics, uh, his prospect ranking. Uh, after the draft, Corey Promman posted an update at the Athletic, and the Canadians fell two spots to number 11, uh, and they have been leapfrogged by the Flames and the Kings, who jumped into the top 10. Uh, so, Rick, uh, this just goes to show I mean, obviously, we know this with every passing draft that this is a very fluid thing, that things change very quickly, and the Montreal Canadiens for some time have been discussed as having probably one of the best prospect pools systems uh, in Canada, potentially one of the better ones in the NHL. Uh, but things have changed, um, and that's to be expected. It is to be expected. These things move, and they move very quickly as players. Uh, first of all, uh, prospects um, develop according to... Uh, a different timeline. Some some don't develop to their potential. Some uh, develop way beyond their potential. So so with respect to the prospects, those are changing as well. You have prospects graduating to the NHL. Uh, you have those uh, going beyond the Corey Pronman's uh, uh, cutoff is twenty two years old. Getting beyond that and and taking on different roles. You have prospects traded. Uh, so this is a very fluid thing. And what we see on social media, and, and I mentioned this when we first talked about it uh, back in September, uh, if you want to go back to that, that's episode 101, episode 101 on September 12th, we did Corey Pronman's pre-draft uh, rankings of the prospects. Um, and what I mentioned there is that uh, that we see on social media that the Canadians, as you said, uh, one of the best, uh, you know, top three. And, and maybe that was true at one point. I always kind of downplayed it a little bit. But um, be wary of, of the celebrity, celebrity raiders who, uh, you know, uh, get their staff to put together a list and and uh, and and you know on a on a on a Craig Button list uh, the Canadians are always going to rank a bit higher uh, than they they should given his personal relationship with Mark Bergevin. Um, I like Corey Pronman's rankings because I know I see him 
in arenas all over North America. I know he attends games. Uh, I know he's very thorough in his work, and I know that it's his sole focus. Um, so, as you said, uh, the Canadians have fallen out of the top ten. Um, what is what does that mean? Well, um, it means that that uh, uh, we, we hope that some of the the prospects on their list are going to develop a little bit. Uh, beyond what what they're they're slated to, and and we talked about uh, Luke Tuck maybe uh, being quite a reach. Well, if he uh, uh, you know um, develops beyond uh, what the consensus is, then uh, the Canadians have have done a great job, um, and their ranking uh, um, uh, changes. But when we see this moving from ninth to eleventh. Uh, and maybe out of the top 10. We also understand what's happening here with Mark Bergevin going out this summer and, uh, and really being, being pretty aggressive uh, in, in uh, bringing in the team needs that the team has had for, for years. Yeah. Backup goalie, um, you know, size, uh, scoring, uh, a scoring winger. Uh, why did he do that this year? Well, it's because it's at this time that the prospects are kind of graduating and Mark Bergevin has to have those timelines meet when the core is is still at their peak while the prospects are, are coming in and, and uh, able to take on a bigger role. Um, so maybe that explains uh, uh, some of his moves. We look at, at uh, how Corey Pronman has, has ranked the list individually. Uh, Nick Suzuki on top, uh, Kakinami second, Romanoff third. Uh, there's no, there's no question uh, there. Caulfield yeah. fourth, Meta fifth, Paling sixth, Norlander seventh, uh, Harris eighth, Gooley, uh, the newly acquired Caden Gooley at ninth, uh, Caden Primo in goal at ten. And we talked uh, about how uh, his development is going to be extended uh, with Jake Allen being uh, his contract being extended. Uh, Jan Mishak, who who we're all excited about, uh, picked up in the second round of, of uh, yeah. the 2020 draft at 11. Sean Farrell, who was seen as a, a late round steal by the Canadians at 12. And then Josh Brook uh, playing for Lavelle at number 13. So... Um, uh, I I I th- I think he's done a pretty good job. Um, the only other thing I'll mention uh, before I turn it back to you is uh, to look at when when we're talking about the the Canadians and their prospect pool. Uh, people forget, and we keep reminding them: other teams have prospects too. <laughs> yeah. um, the Rangers had the number one prospect pool even before going to the draft and picking up Lafreniere. Um, and so they've they've maintained their spot at 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 number one. Capo Caco, Adam Fox, uh, Braden Schneider, who who I liked, yeah. uh, added to their prospect pool. The Devils had a had a nice draft. They got an A grade. They're an, in at number two, um, and keep that that ranking. Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer. They added Alexander Holtz and Dawson Mercer, the the Dawson guy that Mer- you like, sir. Um, yeah. You always talk about the uh, Ottawa Senators um, mm-hmm. um, uh, prospects because you had a chance to cover them. They vault from seven to three, um, and uh, Tim Stutzel, of course, Jake Sanderson added in this past yep. draft. 
Uh, the Leafs, who Canadians fans love to mock, um, uh, they come in at number four on on the list. Uh, Amirov, uh, another player I like, uh, ranks fourth on their uh, prospect list. And the Los Angeles Kings making, I think, the biggest leap in uh, from the draft. Yeah. They they had a, a, a an A level draft according to uh, Corey Pronman, adding Quinton Byfield. Uh, they go from uh, 13 to five in his rankings. So, um, just I, I think when we're talking about the Canadians' prospects, it's important to look at um, how they how they compare to to other organizations in the NHL. And, and the, the often the the thing you often hear would be, well, the Leafs are better than the Montreal Canadiens right now, but that's going to change when the Montreal Canadiens get their young core or whatever. And you have to think about, well, the, the Leafs also have prospects. They're the teams that are good, that draft good, and have drafted good for a long time are going to keep being good. The Tampa Bay Lightning just have what what seemingly is seemingly never ending cycle of prospects uh, through the Tampa Bay Lightning. So it just feels like they will always be there. Uh, but Rick. Uh, moving on to some news that came down this week uh, that was was pretty interesting, and it was the NHL uh, canceling their 2021 uh, Winter Classic and All-Star Game, and uh, they aren't the only league that did that. The NBA, I think the day after, canceled their All-Star Game. Uh, obviously, fan-driven events makes enough sense if you don't think there are going to be fans in attendance, uh, and the league is still targeting uh, a January 1st start date. Uh, for the 2020-2021 season. Uh, and Rick, there was a Zoom call between the NHL and the GMs uh, about the return, but uh, the uh, NHL saying there might be too many moving parts, too much uncertainty to commit to that January 1 start date. Yeah, this is... Um, you. Uh, the, the listeners are wondering, okay, when's when's hockey back? You're, you're talking about these changes. You're talking about Claude Julien uh, incorporating <laughs> these new guys. When do we get to see hockey? And um, we'd love to tell you, but we don't know. Remember the yeah. way it was for the return to play. There was all kinds of uh, uncertainty and changes and plans and things that yeah. got tossed out and... Uh, didn't come to fruition actually. Whatever happened to the Vegas bubble? Well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Or the Vancouver. Vancouver bubble. Yeah. Yep. Um, so um, we, I, I thought we might have some news after the Zoom call on Friday. Uh, we don't. Um, and basically, the NHL told its general managers uh, there's still still too much uncertainty, as you said. Uh, to make a commitment for that January 1st date. And, of course, they're talking about the spikes, not only all over North America, but in Europe as well, uh, with respect yeah. to the um, the coronavirus and wondering how that's going to uh, interact with the fall flu season and, um, and and just not knowing how things are going to, to turn out just yet. As well, there's still the issue of... The Canadian-U.S. border, and uh, you know, we had some some news this week about maybe uh, the the fast COVID tests being deployed yeah. at the airports, and maybe that would make an impact. We don't know yet. Um, so the the we've heard that the NHL is considering an all Canadian division. Uh, we've heard that they're considering four hubs uh, and and some sort of divisional realignment with a Canadian uh, division. Um, but the, you know, uh, trying to keep a brave face, uh, while canceling their, uh, two of their premier events, um, the, the, the call with the GMs was, 
uh, just bear with us. Uh, this is going to be fluid and we're, we may have to you know, react quickly. They did say that there was going to be another return to play committee that included players, uh, yeah. representatives from the, the NHLPA, uh, probably a 10 person committee. Um, and, but uh, you know, uh, I think the, there is a firm, uh, drop dead date this time that they have to present the Stanley cup, Stanley cup by June 30th. No later. Don't, they don't want to uh, leak into July and, uh, the Olympic coverage from, from their partner NBC. So, um, you know, if they start on January 1st, if they start on January 15th, if they start on February 1st, I think uh, we're looking at a reduced season, uh, somewhere between a 48 and a 60 game um, season. Um, there was other things uh, talked about in the Zoom call besides the uh, return to play, uh, and that was there was a discussion about the draft lottery odds, and Detroit is still still ticked uh, yeah. about uh, you know what happened to them, and and uh, we talked about it rightly so. The other thing that was t- discussed was uh, in this year's past free agency, there was no courting period a couple of days ahead of time, and it looks like they might add a couple of those back in because it didn't didn't work out so well um, <laughs> this year. So lots talked about in the in the Zoom call. Uh, but not many answers at this point. Yeah, and and that's I think that's to be expected given all the uncertainty. And I mean this, yeah, you you would hope that the players are being consulted about this because this is going to be a, a far greater endeavor potentially than the bubble was. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking about getting an entire season of hockey in, whichever, however, even if it is forty eight or sixty games, if it's compressed or condensed, that's still a lot of hockey. And if they are going to do four hubs. That is a that's a major consideration for these players, um, and you know you will have to wait and see how all this unfolds, uh, just as we did with the return to play initially, because uh, as we said, first we thought it might be Vegas, might be Vancouver. There's a lot of things that we thought that were <laughs> locked in and certain that ended up not being locked in and certain. So we're gonna have to wait and see, as we always do. Um, so Rick. We'll take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, well, Claude Julien had that sheet in front of him looking at what the lines might look like for the Montreal Canadiens this coming season. We're going to take a look at what we think the lines might look like this coming season for the Montreal Canadiens. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. 
Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Whalen19. Uh, with me in studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter. And you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Uh, so, Rick, as we said, we're going to be getting into the roster, the lineup combinations, maybe for this upcoming season, uh, whenever it does begin for the Montreal Canadiens and the NHL, uh, what might those lines look like? Mm -hmm. And we've got some big questions that we're going to be getting to uh, pertaining particularly to Nick Suzuki and Yasperi Kotkaniemi, where they might fit in uh, if they're going to be maybe past uh, Philip Deneau on the depth chart. And uh, with Nick Suzuki... Did you uh, see that video? Yeah, I, I did see that video, actually. There's a video on NHL.com or, or the Canadians, uh, Montreal Canadiens website. And, and uh, remember, we, we, um, we did the Yes, Barry Kotkaniemi yes, we did. Um, uh, yeah. on a couple of shows back. It was uh, uh, Kotkaniemi re-watching uh, his, uh, his, draft, um, uh, his draft day and, and being picked. Well, they've, put out, they've since put out one on Ryan Paling. Um, yep. And we were there for that. And then uh, they did uh, Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki rewatched uh, his draft. And of course, Nick Suzuki was not uh, chosen by the Montreal Canadiens. Nope. Uh, chosen number 13th overall by the Vegas Golden Knights. And that happened uh, at the United Arena in Chicago. And as with all of, uh, oh, in, you know, we can go back a number of years here, uh, the Rocket Sports team has been at those uh, drafts. Um, and, um, and you've, you've been, uh, with us in, in Vancouver and Dallas and, yep. and, and your dad and, um, uh, who's a great hockey fan. And, uh, but this one in Chicago was maybe a little, even more, uh, a little more special. Uh, and it's funny if you watch the Nick Suzuki video, uh, and again, you can find it on the Canadians, uh, website or NHL.com. You'll see the rocket sports team. Yeah, you'll see members of the Rocket Sports team as Nick, uh, you know, is embraced by his family, and he comes down the stairs, and there we are, uh, right side, <laughs> shoulder to shoulder, almost with with Nick Suzuki, uh, because the Rocket Sports team was embedded amongst uh, the draftees, uh, and we had front row seats right up against the boards in uh, the United Center in Chicago, and that was. Uh, that was an exciting event for the Rocket Sports team and our contest winners because, of course, uh, we bring uh, a number of fans uh, from all over North America each year uh, to the draft. And uh, so maybe as you're listening to this, maybe you were with us uh, in Chicago or maybe you were with us in Dallas or or Vancouver. And, um, and so you might spot yourself in in some of these videos, uh, these, these look-backs 
that uh, that you're seeing on uh, as the Canadians put out the uh, uh, videos of their prospects being drafted. Yeah, and I mean, I remember back in in Dallas, I believe it was, and my memory is failing me at the moment on who exactly it was, but there was a goaltending prospect, I believe, was taken by the Washington Capitals, who was right in front of us as he got drafted. I forget his name at the moment, but it was one of the more unforgettable experiences because you just see the the joy in his face and embracing all of his loved ones there. It was it was remarkable. And Nick Suzuki, uh, yeah, doing that back in 2017, and a first, yeah, you guys had that that front row seat to the action at the NHL draft and it's always a really unique experience and uh, something yeah that is uh, is great for fans to go and, and interact with um, but yeah Rick so Nick Suzuki might be the first line setter of the Montreal Canadiens going mm-hmm. forward or perhaps he won't be we don't know we haven't we'll have to wait and see what was on that sheet that uh, Claude Julien had and and he said it himself it could change so you don't know but Rick, what will the lineup look like for the Montreal Canadiens in 2020, 2021, whenever this season starts? Um, that is the major question now because it's it's always it's all well and good. You know, you make these acquisitions. You have you have a Josh Anderson and a Tyler DeFoley that you add to the fold. Here comes the fun part. Where do they play? Who do they play with? Right. That's the second part of all of this. And you have put together a little bit of a lineup that we can go off of as it pertains to what the roster might look like next year. Now to make the Montreal Canadians cap compliant, you, uh, you sent down Jordan wheel. You put him through waivers. Oh no. He likes to play. He likes to play with uh, Max Domi, you know? Yeah. uh, He does. Maybe maybe the, maybe the jackets will pick him up on waivers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think Max Domi might chirp him about that. If you remember back to Zach Smith, Uh, but regardless, (laughs) Uh, my, my, I digress. Uh, but you have put him through waivers to make the Canadians cap compliant. We would expect that there might be some more movement in another direction, perhaps not Jordan wheel, but in the short term that makes them cap compliant. And for the purposes of this exercise, we will go uh, without Jordan wheel. Our apologies to Jordan wheel. Yeah. But Rick, uh, so as of right now, do you want to say anything before I run down what the lineup looks like that you have sent me? Well, listen. This is this came from t- two things. Uh, one, yeah. uh, Mike Rashel, um, yes. our our team member, uh, got a conversation going in our Slack. We have a, a private uh, Rock Sports Media team um, uh, Slack group, and we 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 talk hockey all a whole week long. And uh, Mike Rashel posed uh, a question, and uh, we we started talking, and it mostly evol- revolved around where. Uh, Philip Deneau would be, and and then the decisions kind of spilled out from there. And and he, um, there was a clever little uh, tweet put out by NHL Draft Ranking on Twitter, um, who had kind of a plug and play approach uh, to the wingers for Kakinyemi and 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 Evans, and and uh, to show all the the different possibilities. And so we, our conversation. Um, uh, kind of revolved around that, and, and maybe we'll have Mike on on the show to get his opinion. But uh, we all had different sort of lineups, um, and I think uh, I, now with with Claude Julian mentioning, you know, having his list written out on his piece of paper this week, we thought it was the perfect time to uh, have a little bit of fun and put in, put out proposed lineups to you, our listeners, and then. Uh, feel free to comment and and uh, comment on social media. Shoot us a 
a text at 5853-ROCKET. Uh, send us an email at info at allhabs.net um, and with your picks. Now, keep in mind, uh, as, as uh, Joseph just said, uh, your lineup must be CAP compliant. This lineup that I have... Uh, is uh, we have eight thousand uh, dollars left over, a pretty thin yeah. margin, um, <laughs> but uh, it 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 is cap compliant, and there would be some other things that I would have liked to do, uh, but in making those those uh, decisions about cap compliance, I didn't think that you know whether it's to send Kulak to to the miners or whatever it is, I didn't think that the Canadians would would risk losing him on waivers. Um, although, you know, that's, that's certainly a a possibility. Uh, so there's, 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 it's not just a a simple matter of putting people in, in line. You got to think about whether the organization is going to want to lose players on waivers. You have to think about the cap compliancy. There's all sorts of things at play here. So yes, with all of that introduction, uh, here's one, just, just one of many, many, many possibilities. Yeah, so as of right now, uh, the left wing, we'll start there. We have Jonathan Drouin alongside at center Nick Suzuki and Josh Anderson that makes up line one. You have Tomas Chitar alongside Jesperi Kotkaniemi and Brendan Gallagher, which makes up line two. Arturi Lekkinen, Philip Deneau, Tyler Toffoli, uh, they make line three. And then you have Paul Byron, Jake Evans, and uh, Joel Armia making up the fourth line with Lucas Vedemo as the 13th forward. And then on the back end... Uh, you have Ben Sherratt with Shea Weber, come to expect that. Uh, Joel Edmondson alongside Jeff Petrie, which is the expectation, given the fact that, uh, that I think Joel Edm- Edmondson might have talked about that in his uh, <laughs> in his uh, press conference. And then you have Alexander Romanov uh, and Victor Mete in the bottom pair with Brett Kulak as the seventh defenseman uh, right now. Um, but yeah, and goaltending. I don't think we need to talk about goaltending, but Carey Price, <laughs> Carey Price, Jake Allen is, is locked in pretty much. But Rick... With that said, uh, the interesting part that I think, well, first off, is where do Josh Anderson and Tyler Toffoli figure in with all of this? Because we've heard Tyler Toffoli in his press conference talk about wanting to play with Nick Suzuki. Uh, Josh Anderson, I think, is somebody that would fit in on either either uh, with Nick Suzuki or Yasperi Kotkaniemi. Uh, but this is all very interesting, and I think you'd like to see uh, Josh Anderson uh, with Jonathan Drouin uh, because we know that Jonathan Drouin uh, <laughs> and winning puck battles does not really go hand in hand. Right. Uh, but why did you uh, figure this was the best? Why did you think this would be the best alignment with Josh Anderson alongside Nick Suzuki and Tyler Toffoli alongside uh, Philip Deneau? Now, it was just a, a game or two, but there was some chemistry starting to emerge between Nick yes. Suzuki and Jonathan Drouin. And if we can motivate Jonathan Drouin, and, and there's not a lot of self-motivation, so we need to motivate him. <laughs> so put him with... Externally. <laughs> yeah, put him with Nick Suzuki. But it, you, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, you need somebody to dig the puck. And uh, Nick Suzuki's a good four-checker, but you need that yep. big body on the boards, and that's Josh Anderson. Uh, and in front of the net as well. Uh, so that's why I I put him in that slot, um, as as a possibility. Yeah, yeah, and I think I I say that, and I have this right here in my notes that Jonathan Drouin needs to play with Nick Suzuki because as I touched on a couple of weeks ago, we're past the point where the expectation should be that Jonathan Drouin is going to drive a line offensively. He's not going to. We need to we need to stop 
fooling ourselves with that. But as you said, was a little bit of chemistry between him and Nick Suzuki. So I think now the hope is that you have somebody in Jonathan Drouin who at the very least can be a running mate for Nick Suzuki, somebody that they can sort of use their creativity because when Jonathan Drouin wants to be, he can be very creative. He does have a lot of skill. It's whether or not you get that out of him. And I think the best bet is to put him alongside Nick Suzuki to get that, as you just said. And Josh Anderson, yeah, I think the big body presence, that big heavy that Claude Julian loves, uh, I think that he is the natural fit there. So that leads us to a really interesting question here because the one thing, and and this was a major discussion in that Slack group that we were discussing this a couple couple weeks back. Where does Philip Deneau line up here? Because obviously you have the line with him, Tomas Tatar, and Brendan Gallagher that has yielded results, some success. Um, There's been times where... You know, obviously, I don't think that Philip Deneau uh, is the guy that you would like to be your first line center. It was more out of necessity. And now that you've gotten the options, it's it's great that the Canadians have that depth. And perhaps you go back to Philip Deneau with Tatar and Gallagher and hope that the other two lines can fill in the gaps when the offense runs cold for that line. Um, but I think you've gotten some really interesting options here. And the one that you've put together is a line that I've wanted to see which is Tatar, Isperi Kotkaniemi, and Brendan Gallagher. Because I feel at times uh, when the Canadians have tried Kotkaniemi with the wingers, they've they've sort of given him a, a bit of a, of a raw deal in respect to the fact that he is not a great skater and he'll often be playing with a Paul Byron or somebody that plays with a lot of speed and, and he can't really be the possession monster that he is. He likes to play on those possession lines. And Brendan Gallagher and Tomas Tatar... They're a good, they're a good effective possession line that can score, and this is I really like this line, but I think the one thing that I will say is this is going to be a season. I'm not going to say it's going to be a season unlike any other because we just saw the season unlike any other, but in a season that there's going to be a little bit of uncertainty. I mean, is it is it going to be that you want to have familiarity, and that might be the benefit? In what might be a compressed season, they want to play 82, but that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. It's probably going to be a condensed season. And in that condensed season, do you do you give yourself the best shot going with something that you know works right out of the gate? That's the one thing that I'm a little bit on the fence about. Yeah, my difficulty is, um, is that uh, Philip Deneau uh, didn't necessarily earn the position of, of uh, number one uh, center. Um, I mean, he certainly was the best option available. He was the, the place, always the placeholder until something better, better came along. And um, his, you know, he had a bit better um, uh, offensive season this past season, but at the expense of his defensive skills. And let's face it, yeah. that's, that's his bread and butter. That's where uh, the the Canadians need him to be strong, um, and and so far, um, you know, there there just hasn't been the uh, the talent to displace him uh, out of there, and it reminds me a lot of and and I know that uh, Brendan Gallagher has spoken highly and 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 should uh, because uh, Philip Deneau has filled in admirably between yep. uh, Gallagher and Tatar. Um, 
and and Brandon Gallagher has spoken highly of uh, and and supportive of of uh, the contract uh, of getting resolved contract situation for Deneau. But it reminds me a lot of of uh, Max Pacioretty said in when he was with the Hamilton Bulldogs. Uh, he said, uh, "David Darnay is the best center I've ever played with," and that that was then taken to uh, Mount Royal and chiseled in the Gospels. And <laughs> and any time there was a threat of those two being broken up, it would come out and they present the tablet of, "Did you see that Patrick said that Darnay <laughs> is the number one center for uh, all all time?" and and it reminds me a, a, a little bit of that, and it does. Because I was just looking at the uh, a game back in February 2015, and this this was in relation to something that's coming up in the press zone. We'll talk about it in the the third uh, in the third segment. But uh, that 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 2015 2014-15 roster, so much has changed in the past four and a half years, and there's oh, been yeah. a, there's been progression, and and this. It's just the natural progression uh, to the to the prospects that have been developing, taking their their rightful spots and their, the spots that they've earned. Um, I want to see, I want to see that happen because not next season, but the year after, uh, Kakinyemi and Suzuki better be num- better be the top two centers. However, however that works out, they better yeah. be the, because. With the cap crunch that's coming, they need to be. Um, you need to have those as as uh, a value uh, for your for your your top two centers. Um, so they better be working in that direction. And um, we know that uh, you know, we talked about Claude Julien, his his uh, strengths, and you know communication might be a bit of a weakness, but he also has a bit of a weakness in going back to things that are are comfortable for him. I want to see him. I want to see if this is the new Montreal Canadiens. If 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 the new Montreal Canadiens um, is is a group that that contains uh, Josh Anderson and Tyler Toffoli and Joel Edmondson and um, uh, Jake Allen, I want to see different line combinations, and I want to see combinations that include Kotkaniemi between. Uh, Tatar and uh, and Gallagher instead of Dano, uh, right out of the gate, right out of training camp. Just try it and see how it's it's working. I like it because it's a it can be a very physical line. Kakinyemi being very physical. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Gallagher uh, plays feisty, aggressive, physical, but doesn't have the size. Kakinyemi's there to support it. Tatar's there um, as uh, as a goal scoring threat. Um, and and we know that Dano Tatar Gallagher works. If if uh, at any point and and Claude Julian said these are these are interchangeable pieces. Yes. So you put you put Philip Dano uh, back up um, with those guys and 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 maybe there'll, there'll be a time where Kotkaniemi struggles a bit or or Suzuki struggles a bit and and yeah. and you make some rearrangements. All of that's fine, but out of out of training camp, I want to see a new approach. I want to see new uh, trios. And uh, for me, uh, I, I'm, I'm really anxious to see Kotkaniemi with Tatar and Gallagher. 
And the one thing that encourages me is the fact, as, as Claude Julian touched on, and you just said, that these are interchangeable pieces and that at any point, if things aren't working out, you have things that you can go back to that you know have worked effectively in the past. You not only have Deneau, who can go back with Tatar and Gallagher, you also have your spurred cut Kanyemi, who can slot in between Lekkanen and maybe even Joel Armia. And, and that's not to say I think Tyler Toffoli is pretty locked in there and he will be a part of the top nine. But we know that that finish line at points, has been a line that has driven mm-hmm. offense for the Montreal Canadiens at a very high rate. It's just one that hasn't been able to finish the offense that they produce, that they create, that just hasn't resulted in goals. We just know that that line has worked well together in the past, and it's something that you can go back to and bar in. And, of course, if in the case of injury, it's great that you have that option. You have Armia currently slated in on the fourth line, who we can jump into the top nine rather easily. So this is all... Um, I think this is all coming up pretty good for Claude Julian. But this is the point, and this is what we talked about. Remember when Philip Deneau said, oh, you know, like I don't want to be a third-line center. You know, I, I want to be uh, playing alongside Tatar and Gallagher. Well, right now he's, he's sitting pretty with Tyler DeFoley on his right wing as sure. well. So this is the great part of these additions that you've made is that you've created these three lines that can all sort of chip in offensively. And we know that Arturi Lekkanen is a great possession player. It's great to have him in the top nine. So I think that all of these things are, are, are great news for Claude Julian, who's got a lot of options at his disposal. And putting uh, Lekkanen with on the wing uh, with uh, Deneau, um, it's, um, there's they already have chemistry. They already play yep. every game together on the penalty kill. Uh, and they only help. They know each other inside and out. So uh, I want to see those guys together. Lekkanen is the best four-checker on the Montreal Canadiens. As you said, a a possession guy. Very good at puck retrieval. Um, With uh, Deneau, a good setup guy. And and Toffoli, the trigger man. It also keeps Toffoli on his natural side. I know Toffoli has said that he's willing to try uh, the left side. And... uh, you know, when when you include Caulfield in this picture, maybe there's a, a national a natural kind of migration point. But for now, it keeps to Foley uh, where he's been strongest, um, and that might help in his uh, transition to the to the Montreal team. And and just to say, I mean, we remember back to the beginning of last year, the penalty kill was a concern for the Montreal Canadiens. So I think. Playing Philip Deneau and Arturi Lekkanen together five on five is a great idea to build chemistry because they have played together. You just want them to be playing together better than they did on the penalty. And that was mostly, I think we can agree, I mean, that was mostly um, Philip Deneau, who you said was, was not quite what he was defensively this year for the Montreal, this past season for the Montreal Canadiens. And I think that going forward, you hope that he finds that form. And alongside Arturi Lekkanen, who has been a fine penalty killer, and as you said, a great four-checker, a great uh, possession player for the Canadians. I think that's that's a natural fit right there. Um, I think the one thing, and I will say as well, is I like that Lucas Vedemo is there as the 13th forward. I think that that is, I was, I was going to say it'd be the Swiss Army knife, but I think it's it's better to say the Swedish Army knife, if that makes sense. <laughs> <It does. laughs> yeah. I, th- I like that he is there. I think that he is somebody that can play that 13th forward, can put him in the lineup and feel confident that he will do his job and and do it well so uh that that's the forward ranks uh, do you uh, want to say anything else before we move to defense just the yeah um uh the fourth line is is uh evans Ar- armia and yeah. and byron uh with as you said vedemo being the 
the extra forward. Uh, Ryan Paling can also fit into that, yep. depending on on how training camps go. But Lucas Vedemo um, acquitted himself really well in his call up, uh, and he didn't look out of place at all and uh, would be the kind of player as you said very versatile you could fit him in at center on wing and he'd look uh, equally comfortable Uh, in our discussions um, I think it was Chris uh, I I think it was Chris who said uh, Yola Armea is is too good a player to be on the fourth line, and and that's a fair comment. But uh, so's Lekin, and so's you know whoever you want to mention yeah. there. Um, but that's the the luxury that Claude Julian has in this respect, and and I'm thinking that uh, uh, as far as players who um, you know Claude Julian used the word expendable for. Uh, uh, for uh, Max Domi, I think uh, going forward is um, is Joel Armia, someone uh, Joel Armia, someone that could be moved on, or um, you know perhaps maybe maybe uh, although he was very good in the playoffs uh, at yep. at times he was good in the playoffs, not as consist as consistent as Alekinen or Kakinyemi, but. Um, you know, I I think that uh, that fourth line then has has size, has speed in Byron, and has youth uh, in in a in a Jake Evans. And I mean, if you're talking about the way that they performed in the playoffs, I mean, Paul Byron looked as good as he, he has did. in the past yeah. few years. And this is this might be the role that is best suited for him and his skill set. But he is a former 20 goal scorer. That's the problem. I mean, hey, listen, it's a positive problem, but it's the problem that you have when you have a lot of options is that there are going to be guys that get displaced out of the top nine, but that doesn't mean that they can't be slotted back up in or that they can't produce for you offensively. The fourth line is still a line that if you talk to Claude Julian, who loves to roll four lines, it's still going to get ample opportunity to produce offensively. It's just not going to be relied upon in the same way that your top nine are. So that's just the reality. I think of the situation going forward is that you have a lot of options and that's never a bad thing. Uh, but the defensive core, I think it is pretty much locked in. There's not much, there's not as much discussion about the defensive core right. as there is for the forward combinations because we kind of know what the defensive core is going to be. We saw Ben Sherratt and, and Shea Weber. They are the guys that were relied upon this past season. Um, you know, obviously, I think you would like to scale back the minutes for Ben Sherratt, probably relied upon a little bit too much at times. But we saw that he fit in pretty well alongside Shea Weber. Obviously, there's concerns about puck movement. Claude Julian doesn't seem to think that that's going to be an issue. But that is something that with these, I mean, you look at Ben Chirot, Shea Weber, and Joel Edmondson, puck movement, not exactly their strengths. Uh, (laughs) You have Jeff Petrie, who can move the puck and is a good skater. You have Alexander Romanoff and Victor Mete, who move the puck. but that's a lot of pressure to put on, specifically in that bottom pairing with Romanoff and Victor Mete as, as a defensive pair to move the puck. That's a lot of pressure on those two guys. Um, but we kind of know that Joel Edmondson's going to be playing alongside Jeff Petrie. It's sort of a natural fit. He talked about it in his press conference. So the top four is sort of locked in at what it is. It's really the bottom pair that I think is the most intriguing because I don't think you want to have Victor Mete on his off side yeah his wrong side because that creates some problems for him because um as i mentioned remember when we were talking about yasperi cut hit on travis sanheim 
in the playoffs where Sanheim shot the puck in, and as he was doing it, his forward momentum caused him to turn to the boards, and Vic- and Jesperi uh, Kotkaniemi finished his check. And uh, obviously remember that he got tossed out for that, and I don't really agree that that was the right call because Sanheim put himself in that position. Victor Mete, when he has played on his wrong side, has consistently done that and has just lucked out that nobody has finished their check yeah. in the same way that Kotkaniemi did. So uh, you would much rather see, I think, someone else in that spot. But, I mean, who is that going to be? I don't think it's going to be Brett Kulak. I mean, that's going to be, I think, a decision maybe, as you said, and, and as we, we alluded to, this is cap compliant because we sent Jordan Wheel down. Might be something going with Brett Kulak that allows you to have maybe a Kale Flurry or a Noah Juleson. But as for now, the bottom pairing is, as that is a long way to say the bottom pairing, is the only thing that I think is uncertain at this point. I, I guess there's some question, Mark, uh, about how Romanoff is going to react, but he yeah. seemed to be okay. And I mean, he was practicing with the team during during the playoffs. Uh, he seemed to be fine. He seemed to be delivering hits uh, in practice to his teammates. Poor Jake Evans. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's. I, I. I don't have a lot of question. I guess there's a, a always uh, an open question of how he's going to uh, respond to the the um, the NHL game. And and in that respect, uh, Brett Kulak is there. And I think uh, Claude Julian has a lot of uh, confidence now after the playoffs in Brett Kulak. And, you know, the other part of it is uh, I, I, I genuinely believe that if Brett Kulak was placed on waivers that uh, yeah. he might get picked up. That All that being said, uh, do I want to see Noah Juleson and, and Kale Fleury as part of this puzzle? I, I sure do. Um, yeah. And, uh, but, but those are... We'll, we'll see if any more moves are are in the offing for, for Mark Bergevin to kind of clear some of the lockjam and, and and not only that, but also give himself a little bit more cap flexibility. Yeah. As I said at the beginning, just $8,000 in my model here. Uh, Mark Bergevin's going to want a lot more than that uh, as he goes into the season. Yeah, and I think... Yeah, that's that's going to be the thing that you're going to need to do. You're going to need to take care of because you just want some wiggle room. You want to be a little bit more comfortable there. And uh, right now, I mean, you have a lot of guys. Um, and, and I don't know who exactly would be the guy who would be the natural um, guy to go. I mean, we know that Jordan Wheels making one point four million and he was sent down to make this model work. You have Brett Kulak at one point eight five. That's an interesting one, given the fact that he looked really good in the playoffs. I mean, there might be a team that would like some help on the back end that you'd be able to uh, trade Brett Kulak and get something in return for him. Um, but beyond that, I mean, you're looking at right now what I think is is pretty much, uh, I think this is a safe bet that the Montreal Canadiens will be heading in with, with those four lines. Um, other than that, I, I don't really know what exactly, uh, what exactly to say. And then you have Carey Price and Jake Allen. As, you're, as the guys that are going to be backstopping. It'll be interesting to see if in a compressed season and a condensed season how much action you see from Jake Allen. Of course, yeah. there'll be games that are happening a little bit more frequently, a little bit more action, um, you know, in sort of back-to-back situation scenarios. So it'll be interesting to see how much action he gets. But beyond that, Rick, I think that this was a very fun exercise to see what exactly <laughs> those lines might be looking like and what maybe Claude Julian was looking at when he was doing his Zoom call. That's right. 
So with that said, we're going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. And when we come back, we're going to discuss uh, an interview that you had this past week on the Press Zone and uh, discuss one that might be coming up next week. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back after a quick break. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag showyourhabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast, episode 107 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. So, Rick, we're just talking about this. Next week, we'll be hosting a show on Halloween. On Halloween. On Halloween. We're going to have candy. We're going to have chocolate right right next to us all show long. We're going to be eating it as we're talking. No, we won't. That'd be, that'd be disgusting. We, we almost had that. a pizza this show. Uh, yeah, we the did. The doorbell though. rang. It, it was for my neighbors, but we almost had a pizza this show. Almost. So candy next, yeah, next week. That's yeah. fine. Candy next week, uh, and uh, yeah, because the only the only thing I have right now are fishermen's friends. Uh, so we're gonna need to have <laughs> some shareable. Yeah, they are. They are. You know, cherry flavor. It's it's great. Don't be. Uh, that's what you're gonna give out on Halloween on, at your That's house. what we're giving out. We have an endless supply <laughs> of fishermen's friends, and kids are going to leave this place and then probably come back with toilet paper and eggs. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so, Rick, uh, you have an email that you'd like to get to well, before listen, we wrap this one up. We get we get so many emails, uh, and um, and I just want to mention this one from our good friend. Uh, in the Ottawa area, uh, Dino, Le Petit Bill, uh, and his family, Molly. And um, we, we over the past two episodes, and you can go back to CanadiansConnection.com and check out our archive. Uh, 
Um, and and they were two of the the, the most uh, subscribed, most listened to episodes that we've had this year. Uh, and they included a subject that we don't necessarily like to talk about too much, and that we don't we don't get into politics at all. That's that's not our thing. We we focus on sport, but we were talking about how. Uh, the extra challenges of coping in in Montreal, of of winning and being successful in the Montreal environment, and the extra scrutiny and and particularly around uh, Trevor Timmons and and uh, his decisions and and um, I should say that that uh, uh, Dino and his family are uh, most of the the um, emails I get from him are. French English, they they go back and forth. I, I, his yeah. <laughs> his first language is French, so um, he says, "Slubian, uh, uh, Rick and Joe, uh, thanks for the show. Just finished hearing it. Uh, you guys were being way too nice with the Quebec cultural heritage debate. Um, those guys are uh, mostly racist and discriminatory. Discriminatory." Uh, because they're a majority, they get away with it. You can't believe how disappointed, disturbed, discouraged I am to hear the words of Serge Savard talk like that. It just kills me. It kills me. Mm-hmm. You uh, you guys said it good, uh, Joe and Rick. Sports is based on skills, abilities, having fun, trying to win for your team and for your fans, irrespective of your cultural identity. Whether a coach, general manager, player, it doesn't matter where you're from. And as we said, um, you know, focus on focus on talent, uh, no matter, yeah. uh, irrespective of those other uh, issues. Uh, he goes on to say he f- focuses on soccer. Uh, he loves soccer. Uh, that's where he and I disagree a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm always, sorry. Always somewhere. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not always um, going to agree. And uh, he talks about uh, the the teams in Brazil and South America and Europe. Um, and he said they have a very simple prerequisite: if you win, you're in. Uh, yeah. Point final. Um, and and anyway, he go he goes on uh, uh, a bit more, and he asks his fellow francophones to stand up and condemn this kind of behavior uh, because at the heart of it, at the heart of the true fan is is winning, and yeah. uh, and 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 bring in the the. Um, the players, the the coaches, the general manager, the management staff, the scouts, whoever that are going to best be able to allow you to do that. He thanks us for the show and for wading into the topic. Um, and uh, we appreciate uh, and thank him for listening and for uh, 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 his support and for uh, providing his uh, very well, well thought through commentary. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah. Um yeah, strong, strong words there from from Dino, and, and it was great to hear. Um, on, on being on that side of, of of the argument, being francophone, being having your first language be French, I mean, that's that's a lot to say right there. So we certainly appreciate him chiming in and bringing his perspective to it um, from the comments from Serge Savard, and and certainly all the criticism that's flown the way of the Montreal Canadiens since the draft uh, for not drafting a Quebec-born talent or someone from the QMJHL. Uh, so Rick, uh, you and Amy. On the latest episode of the Press Zone, we go back to last week, you had uh, Bobby Farnham on the show. Uh, This week, you had Charlie Lindgren on the show, both former St. John's Ice Caps. Of course, Charlie was in the bubble, uh, and certainly that was was a unique experience for him. So you had a wonderful interview with Charlie Lindgren uh, on this uh, this, this past episode of the Press Zone. 
Well, Charlie Lindgren was uh, an integral part of of uh, the Return to Play group, and yeah. and uh, um, and he got to see a very firsthand look of of the Canadians' success, uh, winning the series against Pittsburgh. That was a surprise to many, and and um, he he talked about in our interview with him. Uh, that environment, the, the winning environment, the intensity, even without the fans, um, and Charlie Lindgren's in in a, 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 a interesting position going into this season. We talked about um, uh, you mentioned uh, Carey Price and Jake Allen kind of locked in in their uh, starter and backup roles, and and uh, many many of, uh, listeners have asked us, well, what does that mean for Charlie Lindgren? What does that mean for Michael McNiven? Uh, for Primo, uh, for uh, you know, uh, all what's going to happen, and and Charlie Lindgren talked about uh, how he's preparing um, and his uh, his mindset as he goes into uh, this next season. So we really appreciated uh, Charlie Lindgren's time, and and uh, it was a great interview. And uh, you might want to want to find that. Uh, Pressstone.com, or go to ahl.report or find search for the press zone uh, on um, just as you do searching for the Canadians Connection on your favorite podcast app. Does he still have the mustache? He doesn't. Uh, he, oh no! I know he, but it it just let it just got rid of it a couple weeks ago. He said he oh, really okay. liked it. Uh, yeah, that was listen. yeah. That was quite a stash. Uh, yeah. That he was sporting in the playoffs. He, he milked it for all that it was worth. And I mean, sometimes you have to make a change and that's, that's understandable. Um, well, but. he said, uh, Movember's coming up, uh, Movember's, yeah. in a week and, uh, and it, it might, uh, it might make a return. Oh, that's fantastic news. Uh, <laughs> but Rick, uh, you also have a, a nice interview coming up this week, so it doesn't stop. You guys are turning out quality episodes with these really interesting interviews week in, week out. The Press Zone uh, drops every Tuesday, so yeah. um, uh, look for it every Tuesday, the Press Zone. Uh, as I said, you can find it in, in many places. Another place is rocketsportsradio.com. It's all yeah. podcasts all the time, and and you can find all of uh, the archived ep- episodes there. But upcoming on Tuesday, we have an interview with uh, Sportsnet's own Ken Reed, and, and uh, he's penned a, another book. He's quite a, an author, and this one yeah. is fascinating. It's called One to Remember, and it's about... Uh, stories from 39 members of the NHL's One Goal Club. Uh, It includes uh, a Montreal Canadian. Uh, I won't tell you which one right now. Uh, But it's, it's, um, you know, we love a good hockey story. Uh, We love to follow and support good people. Um, and, uh, and, and he's got some amazing stories, uh, in this book. And, uh, the other reason we'll, we'll mention it this week is next week, we're going to have an opportunity for you to, uh, to win a copy. So, um, listen to the press zone, uh, and, uh, and listen to that interview with Ken Reed and then return next week. Uh, and, uh, and you'll have a, a chance to, uh, to get your own copy. Absolutely. You never want to miss an episode of the press zone uh, with yourself and Amy Johnson uh, doing some phenomenal stuff. So Rick, uh, with all that said, we will say goodbye for another week here on the Canadians connection podcast. As you said, uh, you want to look for the press zone and the Canadians connection Just search for it on your favorite podcast platform, hit that subscribe button and you don't have to worry about missing an episode. So Rick, we'll be back next week, Halloween with our candy 
with her costumes. Costume? Are we doing huh? costumes? What? Are we doing costumes next week? What? Or is that okay, to be no, discussed? To be discussed. Okay, we'll be back next week potentially with costumes and candy on the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.